Hello and welcome to the Food Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Food Freedom Coach, and I'm really excited to share with you all kinds of stories, insights, guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So, thank you very much for listening today. Now, today I want to talk about seven ways to help you overcome binge eating. And this is something that is very personal to me as it's something that I've experienced myself. In my late teens and early 20s, I suffered from bulimia nervosa for around seven years. And binge eating was definitely a regular part of my life. And I went through phases where it was kind of more regular, other times where it happened less, but it was really quite a consistent time. And I never really thought I was going to be free of it. I was so wanted to be, but I could never really see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, I didn't start off having binge eating problems. I started off having anorexia nervosa and being very restrictive. And this lasted for around three months. And I can remember, though, the first time that I ever binged. And I went to a friend's barbecue. And... This was a few months into restriction and I'd lost quite a lot of weight in a short amount of time and my body was really, really struggling. And I remember just feeling exhausted. I was also really disconnected from my friends and their conversations. I remember everyone having an ice cream and not joining in and having an apple or something and really missing out. And I remember when I was restricting, I used to kind of get this yawn in my throat where it was think it was my metabolism just really slowing down and struggling. And yeah, basically I was not in a good way. But we went back to my friend's house for a kind of buffet barbecue type meal. And I just remember that I just completely lost control of my eating. And this was really scary and it was really out of the blue as I hadn't anticipated this would happen. As for the last few months, I'd been like calorie counting and being so meticulous about every single thing that passed my lips. And suddenly I was just completely out of control. And I remember just having that horrible feeling that I just couldn't stop eating and just kind of going back for more and more and more and more. And it was just such a horrible experience. And I remember afterwards just thinking, this is never, ever, ever going to happen again. Um, But of course it did. And it happened many times over and over again. And sadly for me as well, I ended up getting into kind of purging, which was really destructive. And I think many people sometimes try to purge. Some people are successful, if that's such a thing to be successful at. Some people are not. And I would say if you are not, then that is a real blessing because I think once you go down that road of purging as well, it takes you to a really, really dark place and I would not recommend it at all. So yeah, do not start purging. Do not see it as a way out. Actually, it's incredibly, incredibly destructive. So my binge eating went through different phases, okay? And definitely at the beginning, it was much more driven by being really restrictive Later on, it was much more related to the ups and downs of my moods. So I want to talk to you today about the seven things that I have 
done that have helped me move from a place where I was binge eating and feeling out of control around food to a place of having genuine food freedom today. And I can say now I haven't binged for years and I have a healthy relationship with food. I can eat everything. My body weight is stable. Um, I mean, I don't actually weigh myself, but I can fit into all my clothes. Um, I'm not on this kind of whole yo-yo weight thing and yo-yo relationship with food anymore. So what's the first thing that can really help? So number one is becoming much more aware. Now, this sounds a bit fluffy (laughs) saying this, but I remember myself at the beginning when I was binge eating, I had no clue why I was doing it. I was completely lost in the jungle without a compass, completely baffled about what was driving my behaviours, how I was thinking, how I was feeling. It was all just a big mess. And the first thing that really helped me was starting to develop that much clearer awareness about what I was doing in terms of like, you know, what kind of triggers were happening during the day, what things set me off, how was my body image, how did I talk to myself, how did I feel about my interactions with my friends. Now, I know as well for me in the beginning, I had a lot of struggles just to even name my feelings or to even be able to be honest with myself. It wasn't like, oh, I just started keeping the food and feelings diary and then everything became clear. It wasn't like that at all. Um, And it took a lot of time to really develop that fine-tuned awareness. But anyone can start to become more self-aware, okay? And it's baby steps. And the first thing is just being able to slow down a little bit so you actually have the time to consciously tune in and think, okay, what's going on? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's happening? Okay, so the Food and Feelings Diary can be a really helpful way to be able to do this. And it's not about recording meticulously all the calories you've eaten and then berating yourself and judging yourself and beating yourself up. It's a tool where you can start to be much more kind of curious and understanding about what's going on, okay? And you want to do this as well in a way that's as easy as possible for you to record. So it might be on your phone, um, it might be writing down in a notebook, and you might not be able to do it every single day. That might just be too much and too unachievable. But even if you did like two days a week really thoroughly, you could start to begin to tune into your thoughts and feelings much more. Okay. And the food diary really gives you that kind of bird's eye view down onto your life where you can start to really see things in that broader picture rather than being caught in the jungle right in the thick of it. Okay, so really, really valuable tool. And until you have a bit more self-awareness, it's really, really, really hard to make changes. Okay, so self-awareness, number one, really, really recommend that. Okay, the second thing that is really, really helpful is starting to stabilize blood sugar, eat more regularly, and to make your body physiology much more stable. Okay, now we know from the Minnesota starvation experiment that when the men were starved, they very quickly fell into patterns of being completely preoccupied with food, like hoarding food, um, 
wanting to eat in secret and when the food was available they started binging like we know that when food is restricted for human beings it's a very natural physiological response that the body will want to compensate for that restriction by binging so it's an inevitable outcome and it will happen for most people now the way to start to deal with this kind of physiology and to stabilize things is to give yourself permission to eat more now i know that is often very tricky because the whole reason you've got into a binge cycle often is because you've been trying to diet you've been trying to lose weight and maybe you're not happy with your body and so sometimes the thought of eating more can be really really terrifying um however to break this cycle you really need to get your body physiology much more stable and this means eating like three meals three snacks a day okay planning it out so you know when you're always going to next eat so you don't get caught out where you're like you haven't been eating for hours and you're starving and then cakes are available at work and before you know it you've kind of had three or something and you feel really bad and guilty and it results in a binge when you're stabilizing your blood sugar by eating regularly, it means that your body is much more able to deal with life. <laughs> you know, you're much more resilient and you can kind of fight the urge to binge much better. And you're not just preoccupied with food all the time, okay? And it means as well, when you're kind of eating regularly and eating a range of foods, it does. It means that you need to eat as well carbohydrates, proteins, and good fats. So you're having a balance because if you try to eliminate a food group, particularly carbohydrates, you are going to be craving. You're going to be craving sugar um, and you know, particularly people that follow low carbohydrate diets, they often feel like sugar addicts. And because the body is just craving glucose. And for most people, it doesn't work well to cut out carbohydrates. So you need to have your carbs in there. And that needs to be things like bread, rice, pasta, pulses, you know, all those things you might have been avoiding. And having enough as well. You know, so say for example, at breakfast, probably one slice of toast isn't enough you need to be having two and it's being consistent having them at every meal and I remember myself I'd been restricting for several months and I remember getting to a point where I thought okay I'm going to give myself permission to start eating a bit more and I do remember it was terrifying thinking about okay maybe my body shape's going to change you know am I going to gain weight whatever but it was just so nice not to be constantly starving. And it was almost such a relief to actually be able to eat a meal and feel satiated and full rather than craving more food. And that's because I'd allowed myself to eat what my body needed. Okay, so that's a really, really important step. Okay, number three slowly reintroducing all your forbidden foods back in. Now, this again is a process because if you've been dieting heavily for a long time, you've probably got so much judgment around food. So many foods are good and bad or clean or unclean. And it's really difficult to suddenly just drop all those labels overnight. However, all that judgment around food really does lead you to 
binge eat and to self-punish and to have a really sort of sabotaging relationship with food. So it's really helpful with this to start to almost reintroduce foods like one at a time, you know, doing it one at a time, get comfortable with the new food before you even reintroduce another one. And I have to say with this, I know for me it's something that's taken years to really, really kind of get to a point where I feel completely relaxed. Because I think for quite a few years, um, I wasn't binging, I wasn't purging, but I was kind of probably eating a little bit kind of too healthily, plus allowing myself to have things like chocolate, particular things that I really liked, like maybe chocolate cake, chocolate full stop, probably just more chocolate, but otherwise eating pretty healthily. And there was still certain foods that were probably a little bit off limits. So I wouldn't allow myself to eat croissants or I probably wouldn't allow myself to eat pizza. I wouldn't allow myself to eat maybe fish and chips. Um, wouldn't allow myself to eat certain cakes. Um, now though, I am truly in a place where I allow myself to eat all those things. So all those foods are absolutely part of my daily life. Um, nothing is forbidden. And I genuinely kind of welcome those foods in without judgment. But the only way I've been able to do that is to introduce them, reintroduce them back in. And to start with as well, do it in quite a controlled way. So I don't feel like really panicky or that I'm going to lose control. So I would probably say if I was going to reintroduce a croissant, I would sit down at the table, I would eat it mindfully and slowly. I would distract myself afterwards. I would kind of do it to begin with in quite a controlled way. So I really felt I was kind of managing it. And over time, every time you do that, it just becomes easier. So the first time you do it, you might feel lots of anxiety and think, am I going to be able to cope with this? But actually, the more you do it, you're kind of, you're not so sensitive to all the sort of old ways of thinking and you're able to kind of manage it much better. And actually the croissant doesn't become this kind of special, alluring food. It just becomes another food. And you, then you genuinely get to the point where you can just think, actually, do I fancy a pan of chocolate today or do I fancy some porridge? And you can freely make that choice, okay? But you can only do that by reintroducing the forbidden foods and not banning any foods. Okay, moving on to number four is managing your emotions. Okay, this is a whole new big topic. But, and I think it's worth saying as well, the physiology needs stabilizing first, okay? It's quite hard to manage your emotions if you're starving, um, if you're restricting, if you're eliminating food groups, because you kind of can't deal with your emotions properly when you're in that kind of state, because you're so preoccupied with food, you're irritable, you're distracted, you are not very resilient to dealing with emotional stuff because you're thinking about food all the time. So you need to do the kind of work and stabilizing your physiology, eating regularly, etc. first, okay? Now, when you feel you've kind of got that a bit better, then in managing your emotions is a key bit. And the Food and Feelings Diary can bring up loads of really good information for this and give you stuff to work on. Now, I know for myself as well, it was quite a journey for me to get much better at managing my emotions because in my early 20s, I didn't really know what I was feeling and I didn't really feel I had permission to feel certain things anyway. So, and I used to be a chronic people pleaser. So, I would often feel quite angry or upset or resentful 
about something because maybe I'd overextended myself or said yes to something I wanted to say no to. But in terms of being able to be upfront and honest about how I was feeling to myself, let alone the other person, that was really, really difficult. And I know that I used to use binging as a way to sort of really stifle those emotions that I just couldn't deal with because I felt completely overwhelmed by them. And binging was just a complete kind of distraction, numbing, a way to get off the treadmill of life for a little bit. So for me, that was something I really had to deal with, starting to understand. Actually, I did feel angry sometimes. I did feel upset. I did feel resentful. And often I felt as well really, really, really guilty. And guilt was a major one for me to have to deal with because I was someone that used to feel guilty for everything. Used to feel guilty for things that just weren't my fault. So responsible for everything. So it's a dog barking nearby. Um, And I had to really do quite a lot of work on that and realise actually I was feeling guilty for things I didn't need to feel guilty for and I needed to kind of be a bit kinder to myself. And talking about it here all sounds really simple and you know, but it wasn't. It was a bit of a process to get to that place. And another emotion for me that um, used to really trigger binging was a feeling of overwhelm. Now, I, again, in the past, I was someone that would take on far too much. I would push myself way too hard and I would get completely overwhelmed and exhausted and tired and then I would use binging as a way to kind of get relief from all of that and to almost escape from the treadmill of life and to kind of recoup myself for a bit. Obviously not a very healthy way to take care of yourself and to manage your emotions but it was a habit that I fell into so that was a really common one for me. Um, Another emotional trigger for me was sometimes feeling really anxious. So for example, if I had to do a work essay and, you know, for my degree and I felt um, I'm not good enough, I'm never going to do a good job of this, um, I'm failing, I'm really rubbish at writing essays, I'll get myself in quite an anxious state and I would push myself to try and keep working but actually I wasn't affected because my anxiety was so high and again I would use binging as a way to escape those feelings. So again it wasn't very effective but in the short term it kind of got me off the treadmill of life and gave me some escape and relief from those feelings but obviously it didn't really solve the problems. So for me in terms of being able to manage my emotions better, it's been, had to be tackled, I guess, from lots of different angles. So I've had to learn to be a lot more assertive, to be able to recognise my feelings, to be able to set boundaries, say, say no to something when I need to say no, not to have to please people all the time. So it's been really becoming much more honest with myself and with others. It's also been learning to manage my energy levels better and not to like just take on too much or overwhelm myself. Again, I've had to sometimes lower my standards and kind of think about what's more realistic. And as well, it's been managing my anxiety and perhaps like lowering those kind of um, expectations I had of myself in terms of being able to write an amazing essay or... Um, And asking for help as well. You know, I used to be absolutely rubbish at asking for help. I would just try and struggle on on my own and it wasn't great. 
So you can see, like, that's just a little insight into my emotional world. But obviously, you will have your own personal emotional triggers. And you can't really begin to tackle those until you start to become more aware. Um, but also until you've got your body physiology more stable, so you can actually tune into your emotions, because otherwise you will be thinking about food all the time. Okay, next one. It's managing your thoughts. This is number five. Okay, so if you are someone who is liable to binge eating, you may have very black and white thinking. So you might think either I'm succeeding or I'm failing. You might have catastrophic thinking. So you might be someone who always thinks about the worst case scenario. You might label yourself as a greedy person. You might call yourself horrible names. So Again, it's starting to get much more in touch with your thoughts and to realise the power that they have over you. Now, we have 60,000 thoughts a day and many of those are repetitive, so you can think about the power of your thinking. So if you're saying to yourself numerous times per day, um, I'm really greedy, I'm a really bad person, I've just failed, you can just see how that's going to make you feel anxious, stressed, upset panicky, guilty, ashamed, all those things, okay? So starting to become much more aware of your thoughts, again, is really, really helpful. And you can start to challenge some of those thoughts. So actually, you know, maybe if you eat a cake, you are not a failure. Maybe you have just enjoyed a cake and you're a human being who is trying to, you know, enjoy life and you know, share lovely food with friends, okay? Maybe when you are catastrophizing and thinking that the world is going to end and you're going to fail your exams and get chucked off your course and all manner of things, you know, I guess if you really think about that rationally, you know, what's the evidence for this? What would I say to a friend in this situation? How true are those thoughts, okay? Because sometimes we just run away with our thoughts and it's so helpful sometimes just to pause and to question them. So definitely, I know for me, I had to do quite a lot of work on managing my thinking. And I think one thing for me that became very apparent is I was extremely hard on myself. So I'm the kind of person in the past that when it got to the end of the day, I'll be able to tell you all the things that I'd done wrong, but I probably couldn't tell you anything that I'd done right. And actually, I had often done lots of things right, but the lens that I was viewing myself through was extremely critical. And one of the major thought changes that I have done is become a lot more self-compassionate and kind to myself and less critical. And becoming less critical has meant that I've just felt much better about myself because when I was so critical, I never felt good enough and kind of chasing the end of the rainbow and it was an endless journey. So start to become more aware of your thoughts. And if you notice these pesky, irrational, negative thoughts, questions to ask yourself are, what's the evidence for this thought? What would I say to a friend? How would I like to think about this? Okay, so it's kind of a way in to help you become more rational. Okay, moving on to number six. Number six is 
finding pleasure in lots of things rather than just food. Because when you've been restricting for a long time or when you've been binging for a long time, food often becomes your number one pleasure. So it's the way you take care of yourself. It's the thing you turn to if you're bored. It's the thing you turn to if you're feeling understimulated. The thing you turn to when you're feeling anxious or stressed. It's the thing you turn to when you want to cheer yourself up and make yourself feel good. Now, Food should be a pleasure. It should be something that's really enjoyable and part of life. But if it is your number one pleasure and it's the one thing you turn to all the time to make yourself feel better, it leaves you in a really vulnerable place. So you need to have lots of things to turn to to make yourself feel better. And you need to kind of include those little pleasures as part of life because if you're someone that strives, 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 strives all the time, you know, with this endless to-do list with no little pleasures and joys involved, then you're so vulnerable to then using food as the one way to get off the treadmill of life because of we all need a break. We all need to be a bit frivolous and we all need to be able to kind of um, escape for a little bit at some point from life. But we can do that in healthy ways. We don't have to kind of obliterate everything with food. We can do that through sitting down and having a nice cup of tea or coffee with a friend. We can maybe do some arts or crafts. We can sit in the garden and just watch the birds. Um, we can go for a nice walk in nature. We can have a lovely bubble bath. Um, we can just like lay on the bed and have a rest. And it's all those simple little pleasures that are so, so important and they need to be part of life. And I know for me, I used to be rubbish at this. I used to be someone who would just strive, strive, strive all the time. And I never really properly took time out. So food became my thing I really relied on to escape and feel better. And I didn't really have like that little kind of toolbox of other simple things that could make me feel good. So I've had to really work on this. And now I'm glad to say that there are lots of things that I use now to kind of help lift my mood or to kind of take care of myself. And these things are just so important and they don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be taking up lots of time, but it's the little things that we kind of sprinkle through our day to help lift our mood. Um, so for example, today I've been out and I've spent a bit of time stroking Tiger, our guinea pig, and just talking to her. That for me is very relaxing. Um, I put on some music and while I was doing the washing up and that was like a bit of a like little escape and lifting my mood. First thing this morning before I started work, I went for a walk out in the sunshine and before it got hot and it was just really beautiful and I listened to a podcast and really felt that I started my day by doing something like really kind of kind and fulfilling for myself, um, which was a little pleasure and as well, I've enjoyed food throughout the day as a pleasure too, but it hasn't been my number one turn to. Okay. And finally, number seven. Okay. Number seven is like dealing with relapse. Now, relapse is an inevitable part of the binge recovery journey. Okay. It's very unusual that people say one day, right, I'm stopping binging today and that is it. I'm never ever going to binge again, okay? Stopping binging is not the same as giving up smoking or giving up drinking or something that you can't, you know, we don't actually need those things to survive. Whereas food, we've got to kind of learn to regulate and find that kind of balanced place. 
So it's really, really normal that when you are recovering from binge eating, that you will have lots of little blips and relapses. And the thing to do is often people see a blip or a relapse, not as a blip or a relapse, they see it as a catastrophic I've completely failed, I'm hopeless, I can't do this, I might as well just give up, throw in the towel. And that's the kind of thinking then that keeps you really stuck and keeps you, you know, really in a terrible place with binge eating. When actually, if you can just realise, hey, this is just a little blip, it's just a relapse, you know, what can I learn from this? Okay, this is valuable time now to get information and to really gain awareness on my triggers. That's the fantastic thing about a relapse. So when you can just really tune in, really notice that actually, oh, that's what the trigger was. You know, I was just wasn't feeling good about my body or maybe I weighed myself or maybe had an argument with somebody or, you know, the list is endless in terms of what our triggers could be. But every time you have a relapse, it gives you that opportunity to really fine tune your awareness and to understand yourself better, which is fantastic information because of we all have our vulnerabilities. And but once we become really aware of them, we can find strategies and ways to take care of ourselves much better than turning to binging. Okay, so it's embracing relapse, embracing relapse, bring it on and seeing that as part of the journey, part of recovery and actually when you can do that it's just so much better because it just kind of becomes a normal part of the journey and you will very normally have quite a few blips have a quite a few relapses Um, and it's important if you have a relapse to be really kind to yourself you know just kind of get back on the regular eating the next day Um, and that's so important you know not going back into restriction restriction is just going to set you back in that awful, awful cycle again. Um, Be extra kind to yourself. You know, the next day after a binge, you're probably going to be feeling more negative, more down on yourself. You might be feeling physically a bit yucky. So you need to be super, super kind to yourself um, and just see it as part of the journey. So there you go. Those are my seven helpful tips to help you stop binge eating okay and don't try and deal with them all at once because it could feel a little bit overwhelming um but just to let you know that it's completely possible to recover and it might need to be done in stages you know get that awareness first stabilize your body's physiology so you're not so preoccupied with food start to slowly introduce those old forbidden foods Deal with your emotions, such an important part because of you need to have other ways of getting your needs met without turning to food. Work on those feel those can't speak now. Work on those thoughts. You know, sixty thousand thoughts a day. If many are repetitive and you're doing a lot of black and white thinking, a lot of catastrophic thinking, a lot of critical thinking, it's not going to help you. Think about what you say to a friend. Really increase your pleasure quota. Okay, if you're turning to food as your number one pleasure, you're going to really struggle. You need to have a whole repertoire of things to lean on. And finally, deal with relapse as just part of the process. It's just normal. It's just something that is going to be inevitable part of recovery. Embrace it. Learn from it. Be curious about it. Yeah, you're on the right road if you're having a relapse. Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um. If you are not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the Food Freedom Coach. 
do go across to my website as well, foodfreedomcoach.co.uk, and you can sign up for my weekly blogs and articles to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. If you've got any specific comments about binge eating or any questions, do just send me a DM DM on Instagram. I'd be very happy to answer those. And thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate everyone that's tuning in regularly. I'm so grateful for that. So thank you. And don't give up hope. You can find peace with food. Bye for now.